This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Daily talent, man. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Here we go! It is the Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM on a Women of Wagertainment Wednesday. Good morning to you live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in East. Coming up, we start by hitting the college hardwood and a huge upset last night in the ranks. Then we get into some of the more intriguing offseason storylines in the NFL. During the 7 o'clock hour, we play Read and React before BetQL's Lucy Burge joins the show at 7.20. And then at 7.40, we tackle today's slate in college basketball. Finally, during the 8 o'clock hour, we discuss the new and improved college football playoff. BetQL's Kate Constable hands out her betting card at 8.20. Then we'll do the same by giving you our best bets at 8.40. And she's back with a massive mug and a smile on her face because she spent days at Disney World. It's Chelsea Messenger. Hi, Chelsea. Good morning. Glad to be back, but not glad to be setting my alarm for 3.45 a.m. once again. That's the only bad part of this job is waking up early, Mm -hmm. I will say. So getting back to this schedule is going to be a little tough after sleeping in for a couple of days. Uh, But I didn't even get to sleep in then because we were going to Disney World. And let me tell you something. If you're hoping to relax at Disney World, think again, my brother. Uh, Because going to Disney World, I will say it's this. Going to Disney World is kind of like the game of baseball. There is a lot of standing around for a little bit of action. But more importantly, it is a game of failure. Do not expect to bat a thousand (laughs) when going to Disney World. You are going to fail. You are going to run into so many obstacles. But the important part is, is you say, okay, go up there. We'll get them next time. Oh, you lined out to, you know, the warning track whatever we'll step right up next time so it was it was very much fun and my four-year-old absolutely loved it but i would not say that i am refreshed and relaxed it was an experience so when you say you don't always bat a thousand sometimes you line out does that mean you go to see Minnie mouse and they're like hey Minnie's not available but look over here here's Vinny Mouse and some dude walks out. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, all right, come over here and talk to the mouse. Like, what does that mean? No, it means that you were similar. You were on the right track. Is that when my your daughter when your daughter's four, she likes the meet and greets. But the problem is the meet and greets take forever because it's one person at a time. If you're in line for a ride, you know, there's 30 people that get on at a time. So it goes faster. 
So you're in a line, and even if it looks like the line is short, it still goes very slowly. And here's the thing. You get all the way up to the front of the line. You're like, we've made it to the promised land. I no longer have to entertain my four-year-old. Minnie's going to take a 15-minute break. She needs a bit of a break. You're like, oh, no. So I get it. You know, they deserve their breaks. But like, do you have to do it when we're like two people away? So that's what I mean. There is a lot of waiting in line. And this is the thing, like waiting in line at kids normally just does not go well together. Luckily, my daughter is not a complainer and she was great the whole time. But all around us, you would think we were like at Ellis Island or something. You know, it just felt like desperation and people just like looking so tired, like, is there anywhere to sit? Is there anything to eat here? So there were a lot of desperate parents in there. And like, we uh-huh. only have one kid. So like, it was a little oh, less desperate for us, but there are like families of like 10 in there. And you're like, oh my God, God oh, bless God. you, man. Right. Doing the Lord's work. Oh, you are doing the Lord's work. I mean, you know, I worked in daycare when I was getting ready to go to grad school. And now that is not being a parent, but I was in charge of 30 kids as part of my classroom. And I will tell you that, I can't even imagine wrangling an actual family because I was sort of overwhelmed doing that, but I'm glad you made it. Looked like you had a good time. We didn't have a great time yesterday on our best bets. Lucy Burge was filling in. She had Tennessee laying 11 and a half against Missouri. The Vols win, but only 72-67. I had a couple of hockey bets. Garbage. I love my Panthers three-way money line bet. Got it at minus 148. Panthers win, but in overtime, three to two. So that is not a winner. I also had Devils money line against the Caps. I got it at minus 156. I thought there was a ton of closing line value. It went up to minus 175 before the puck dropped, and the Caps win 6-2. So 0-2 for this guy. As for the Donkster, nice little rally. Got a couple wins. He had the Caps on the money line. Also had Jackets, Kings under six and a hook, and the Kings win 5-1. So for the week, Chelsea, you are a pristine 0-0 back in the saddle now. I am 0-2, and, and the Doxter is 2-2. Two and two. It is the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on this Wednesday. And let's begin with what we saw last night in college basketball and a huge upset. Number 15, Creighton destroys. Number one, UConn, 85-66. The Jays were getting three points. They were minus 135 on the money line, total set at 144, the over hits. Creighton jumps out to a 23-point lead in the second half. Watches that dwindle to 10, but then they hold the Huskies to five straight scoreless possessions to pull away and get that dub. Blue Jays have never flown higher for the first time in program history. They certainly do. They end the Huskies' 14-game winning streak. Stephen Ashworth, 20 points. Trey Alexander at 16. Ryan Kaufman with 15. And when it was over, Huskies head coach Dan Hurley, very honest in his assessment. We did a bad job coaching tonight. We we did a, our players did a bad job playing. I did a bad job coaching. Yeah, and your your huddles aren't going to be super energized when you're in. You haven't lost in two plus months. This doesn't happen to us very often. So, yeah, I mean, we were, yeah, we were, we were definitely stunned. Um, this wasn't the game we expected. We, ex- we knew this was a dangerous game and a quality opponent and one of the better teams in the country. We didn't expect this to happen. What do you take away from this, Chelsea? Just one of those bumps in the road when you're number one and you've won so many games in a row? 
Well, I also think it's one of those games that gambling Twitter, well, they knew. Last night I was scrolling the old Twitter machine, uh, trying to get caught up on everything, and everybody was on Creighton in this one saying, ooh, we've got an unranked home dog here that's mm -hmm. a pretty good squad because that should not be lost in the mix, is that Creighton straight up is a good team. They deserve this win, and they played really well. But also it was a tough stretch and a tough situation for UConn. This was their third game in seven days. And also, how about this, trend? I think we should talk about it for just a second because I had to reread it. It was the Huskies' 19th straight road loss to a ranked opponent. Yeah. How does that happen? Because it's not the same team. It would be one thing if it was like all this year, but that's dating back to 2014. So like that's not something where it's the same players. What do you make of that? Did you see that? I did, and I thought, well, that's crazy. And then as part of that stat, of course, during that span, they also have two national titles. So I don't know right. what to do with that because generally when you're playing in the NCAA tournament, clearly you're not playing on your own home court. You're playing on the road or at a neutral site. And so I guess a neutral site is different, but that would point me to think, wow, this team away from home is not good. And yet UConn has been the outlier there. Yeah, like they won a national championship. So you can't be like, well, they can't win yeah. any games away from home. Uh, they won the biggest game. So I don't know if there's anything to read into it. I just read it and had to reread it again because it was just so appalling to me. So maybe it's just an anomaly because I don't think it's something where it's like, every time you put on that UConn jersey, you know you ain't winning <laughs> against a ranked team on the road. That's what we do at UConn. So it's not that. Just something I saw in one of my takeaways. But, Jenks, do you ever see those plays that, like, gambling Twitter, everybody's on it, and then yeah. it comes to fruition? You're like, ooh, the, the squad's eating tonight. Yeah, I, it, it either goes one way or the other, right? Where, mm -hmm. and I get nervous too, because I'll say, oh, everybody's eating tonight. Everybody's on Creighton. We all see the same thing. Or then I can also say, yeah, there's the opposite effect too. When everyone's on the same side and you're like, uh-oh, I'm a little worried here. Why are we all on the same play? Are we all going to get burned tonight? But those are the best nights when everyone's on the right side and it comes home and Creighton was fantastic. They stormed the court after the game. They were ready for this one. And I think you make a really good point about UConn probably being a little bit worn down and going into Omaha because they were ready for these guys to come in and Creighton with a monster, monster win. Let's go to the SEC now where number five, Tennessee edges Missouri, 72-67. The Tigers Plus 12 and a half, Tennessee minus 1400, total set at 148 at BetMG in the under hits. Lucy was on the Vols, and I would have been too because Missouri has been putrid against the number at home this season. Have they won like two games before last night against the number at least. Dalton Connect, 17 points for the Vols, 15 in the second half while grabbing 10 rebounds. Tobe Awaka adds 18 points and 10 boards, and the Vols down seven points. In this game, they rally back to get the win, while the Tigers, even though they cover, continue their tailspin. They have lost 15 of 16 and 13 straight in conference play. Tennis, this would have been a bad loss for the Vols. 
Yeah, but the story of this game was Dalton Connect was on a milk carton for the first half of this game. I think his first field goal that he actually made was in the second half. This is their best player. They said on the broadcast that the swag of the Tennessee Vols runs through Dalton Connect. Well, there was no swag in the first half. And I think this brings up a very interesting question. Is if mm -hmm. you were backing one of these top teams in March Madness, what happens if their star goes cold? Do they have enough of a team around them to make up for a cold night? Because I think he started 0 of 8 from the field. So here's the thing about March Madness. It is, you know, multiple games in a row. So there is a good chance that your shooters will go cold. So I think we saw this in this game. Eventually, we knew Dalton Connect was not going to be, you know, staying down for long because he did have uh, some really big shots down the stretch, especially one where Tennessee kind of pulled away. It was a 14-3 run, about eight minutes left in this game. But still, Jenks, when you see that, does that make you worry a bit? Because this was the same deals we saw in the South mm -hmm. Carolina game where Dalton Connect, despite having 31 points, was started the game pretty cold. Uh, I'm looking at his stats now. He was 11 of 24 from the field, but I think most of that was in the second half. So does it worry you when a team relies pretty heavily on a star player? Yes and no. Honestly, I not too much as long as they have depth because I think to win it all, you generally have to have some sort of star or some guy who is willing mm -hmm. to step up in the spotlight and take that big shot. And certainly Dalton Connect is that guy for Tennessee, but I think it speaks to the Vols' depth that – even when Connect was cold, okay, they were down, they keep it close, and then Connect kind of comes around and they find a way to win. And even Missouri head coach Dennis Gates said after the game, and maybe this is coach speak, but he was saying, look, these guys, this Tennessee club, has everything it takes to win a national title. They can score from anywhere. They have some star players. They have depth. They obviously play great defense under Rick Barnes. So, yes, you need a star as long as you have the depth to – support that start if he doesn't get off to a hot start or if he struggles and I think the Vols have that yeah because they definitely stayed afloat while Don Connect right. was absolutely ice cold in the first half and that's all you got to do but granted this was against a Missouri team that was not very good like what happens huh. if this happens in March Madness against a really good team like you're gonna go on a you know a, a drought and the other team is going to put their foot on the gas pedal and never mm -hmm. look back. But they also said this on the broadcast, and I thought it was interesting. They said this was the best team that Rick Barnes has ever had at Tennessee. And I do think this team has the formula to go mm -hmm. really deep in March Madness. It's just, what's the, what's the narrative on Rick Barnes? It's not a good one when it comes to no. the tournament, is it? He just can't. He just can't get past like the second round. Like he flames out every year. I covered Rick Barnes when he was at Texas and he's a, he's a great guy. Like if you talk about a coach that you root for to win, Rick Barnes is that guy. He was always pulling practical jokes on like the reporters. Like they would go out after the game, right? And the reporters would, would sit around him and ask him about the game. They would get their notes down and then he'd like leave them with the bill. <laughs> stuff like that just to mess with him but he's a guy who has regular season after regular season success and then he falters in the tournament I think the last time he went to the final four was when he had TJ Ford at Texas that was ages ago so I hope for his sake he gets it and again you're number five in the country you're now a half game back Alabama in the SEC so everything is there for the taking the question is can he finally break through and make that run that he just hasn't been able to make throughout his career despite a lot of talented teams?
Yeah, but I mean, those narratives are made to be broken. Look at Dan Hurley. Yeah. We were just talking about him. Can't win the big one. What does he do? He wins the big one. So maybe this is the year for Rick Barnes. And let me tell you, he ain't getting any younger. So I hope for him <laughs> it's this year. How old is Rick Barnes now? I got to search this up real quick. He's, I mean, he's been around for a long time. Oh, okay. Rick Barnes is now 69 years old. Nice. Oh, nice. That's it. Oh, this is the year. That's it. Yeah, he's fine. Just 69. Oh, plenty of time. He, he looks older. Bless him. Well, that wasn't very nice, you. but Call it, it's been around for a round time. It's a grind. It's a grind. Coming up next year on the show, some teams across the NFL have some big decisions to make. Like, what are the Vikings going to do with Kirk Cousins? Oh, God. I have an opinion on that. I'm sure you do, too. We're talking bro football. That is next on the Daily Tip for Becky Up, presented by BetMGM. Chelsea is back, and so are we. Right next. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. It is The Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Wednesday. Chelsea's back. Great to have her after her trip to Disney World. So, Chelsea... Man, there's so many questions I have about Disney World. What was your favorite part? I saw the pictures on Instagram. Blake looked like she was having a good time. A couple times it looked like she didn't want to smile for the picture, even though I'm sure she had a wonderful time down there. What was your favorite part of the trip? Because I I feel like what I've heard is they do a nice job of providing an outlet for the adults as well. And some of the stuff is, is not necessarily geared towards adults, but everyone can be a part of it. Well, yes, they do sell alcohol, if that's what you're asking. (laughs) That's the outlet for adults. (laughs) Um, But it's fun. Like, would I call it the happiest place on earth? No, I wouldn't. Like, that's a moniker that I feel like needs some updating. Uh, Because it is a lot of people. But I think Mm -hmm. the best part is just seeing how much fun your kids have. Because my daughter is painfully shy, as I was, like, making the jokes in my Instagram pictures. Because... She talks this big game. She's like, oh, I can't wait to meet all the princesses. And she literally has been talking about this for like weeks on end. And then we finally get there and she won't even look at him. She's like so frozen, (laughs) like scared. But I will say for Minnie Mouse, she gave her a hug, which is a big damn deal for my four-year-old. You know me. I don't love hugs. It's a big deal if I give you a hug. So she gave Minnie a hug. She was so excited to meet her. She would not stop talking about it. She's been Minnie Mouse for two of the three Halloweens that she's been alive. Like she's only had three Halloweens in her life and she's been Minnie Mouse for two of them. So we went there because of Minnie Mouse. And that's the thing. If your kids don't absolutely love like the Disney characters, I don't know if it's worth it. It's really expensive. Like here's the thing. I didn't know it was that expensive to go. Like it was like a thousand dollars for two days. Oh my That's gosh. A lot of money. That I don't remember it being that expensive when I was a child. And here's the thing because as a parent, when you know you're spending a lot of money, you kind of expect like a parade from your kids and you want them to be super <laughs> grateful. But they don't know. Like she doesn't know how much money that is. 
And mm -hmm. I was thinking back to when I was a kid and you can tell me your input on this. When okay. you're a kid, you don't understand how hard your parents work to make you happy. And I just yes. feel like it is a losing game to try to say like, oh, well, was she grateful enough? Because she was happy. She had a great mm -hmm. time, but like, she's not gonna, you know, throw a parade for me and say, oh, mom, you're the best mom ever. So were you like that as a kid? Like, as you get older, do you realize there were things that your parents did for you that were a big deal that in the moment you're like, ah, yeah, that was nice of them. I mean, yes and no. I think I appreciate I appreciate things that were done for me as I was a little bit older. I went to mm -hmm. Disney. We drove from Texas to Orlando. That was a long trip. Oof. And I, ugh, man, that thing was tough. And I had an okay time, but I didn't have a great time. It was, it was fine, but it wasn't really for me, I don't think. But I appreciated it. I think I probably had a greater appreciation for maybe when I was a teenager or maybe as a, as a young adult, I think, probably. Because then you get to the point, at least for me, where you understand your parents' wisdom and you understand that they've gone through things that you're going through for the first time. Things you don't have to think about when you're a kid, like basic things like, oh, should I go outside today or not? Maybe I'll stay inside. Maybe I'll do this. And you're... The decision tree is very, very simple. And then when you get older, obviously it's not that way. So I think I have a greater appreciation for, for what they did for me when I was older. But also at the same time, I think that begins at a very young age where you know you can rely on your parents based on how good they were to you. So I think you're sort of building that foundation now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, I just, I don't think she realized how much people spend on Disney. No, and I think that's no way. That's why the parents in there look so desperate. Because here's the thing, like I think unless your kids really love the Disney characters, maybe mm -hmm. save your money because it is so very expensive. Even when you get in the park, I will say this, they allow you to bring your own food and drinks in with the exception of alcohol. So like that saves some money, but still, it was really expensive. But like this was the sweet spot for my daughter. Because she's still at the age where like everything's magical and she believes the characters. Because she was asking me, she was like, is that the real Elsa? I'm like, yeah. And then she was like, well, who was the Elsa <laughs> on the ride then? I'm like, that was her too. Whoa. Why did she look different? And I'm like, oh no. Like oh, that no. moment where you, you know you messed up. I was like, well, once from the movie, one is the one that lives in the house. And like, that's a stupid answer, but it was good enough for my four-year-old. Because I'll Ooh. say this, the rides have gotten a lot better. Like, do you remember the It's a Small World one where it was like the worst, you know, mechanical animatronic, yes. like it was <laughs> so do. stupid. And so I went on these rides kind of expecting that. 
but the frozen one was really good. Like they did a mix of, I think it was like, you know, a, a large Barbie doll, but it was mixed with holograms. So like her whole face was a hologram, but it was Whoa. really realistic. So I will say that they have stepped their game up on like how realistic it looks. So like you get what you pay for, like it's expensive, yeah. but they have done a lot of updates where some of the rides are actually pretty cool. Okay. Well, listen, you want to save some money after that? You're not alone. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers also want to save some money and they have not gotten a deal done with either Mike Evans or Baker Mayfield. So they can still re-sign either of those guys, but it also means they're going to have at least $14 million in dead cap money. So if you're the Bucks and you have to sign one guy, hypothetically, who is more important to Tampa Bay? Is it Baker Mayfield or is it Mike Evans? I think you always start with quarterback. Do you not? Like that's, you know, the simple answer, but it's the most important yeah. position on the field. And Baker Mayfield's coming off a really solid year. Like it feels like nobody talked to him, uh, talked about him until the end when he won mm-hmm. comeback player of the year. What a, you know, come from behind victory because everybody thought yeah. that was going to DeMar Hamlin. Uh, then they ran that stupid fake punt play and people were like, well, can we really give this to him after that play? <laughs> we know you came back from the dead, but what a terrible fake punt. And it wasn't his fault. Uh, but I do think it starts maybe with Baker Mayfield. But quarterback questions are always relative to the market. What other quarterbacks are available? And what other quarterbacks do you have the cap space for? So I think that's your question. Like, I know that's not a sexy one. It's just like, okay, Baker Mayfield is good. Is there a possibility that we can upgrade or even get a better value? But at this stage in the game, I do feel like Baker Mayfield is probably a great value. Like, do you think he's somebody that can command a lot of money? I feel like he can't. Like, he's had a good year, but he still has some tread on the tires. I would initially say, here's the thing. I think Mike Evans is the guy that is the more important player, but quarterback is the more important position. So it's much more difficult to replace a solid quarterback than it is a great receiver. So initially I would say Mike Evans, Mike Evans, Mike Evans, but then I'm like, well, who are they going to get instead of Baker Mayfield? And is that sustainable for Baker Mayfield? Probably doesn't matter because who's their backup Kyle Trask. I think if my bucks memory serves me correctly. So I think I honestly, I think it's probably Baker. I think you convinced me talking about that because you have to have a great quarterback to succeed in the NFL or a very good quarterback. And despite me writing out Baker, he was very good this past season. Yeah, I need to correct myself. Baker Mayfield was not the comeback player of the year. It was Joe Flacco. If you listen to You Better You Bet, you probably know that because they like paraded that one for a while. Uh, (laughs) But this is where I saw the headline. He won the Fox NFL comeback player of the year as voted on by the fans. So I saw that headline. I probably just like didn't click on it. I was like, oh, great. You know, those headlines you click on, like when you're on vacation and you don't really need the information for work. So you're just like, huh. And you don't really do any (laughs) further research and you just commit it to your memory. Cause there was another one when we were preparing for the show, cause we're going to be talking about Russell Wilson here in a minute. Mm -hmm. And I saw a headline about Russell Wilson, possibly going to the Steelers. And now I wish I would have like actually clicked on the article because it was one of those things I was just like, huh, okay, he's going to the Steelers, whatever. <laughs> now I know that this is not a fact. It is just, you know, a it hypothesis. So like, we'll see where he goes. <laughs> well, let's talk about this hypothesis. 
Do you like the idea? Do you think Russell Wilson <clears throat> ends up with the Steelers? He, he's he's going to be done with the Broncos, right? I think the bigger mm-hmm. question is he's going to end up somewhere. But is he at this point where he is still a starter in the NFL? I think he has to be just because it's so hard to find starters in the National Football League. And he wasn't, look, he wasn't terrible last season. He wasn't the Russell Wilson that we saw in Seattle, but he was an upgrade from two seasons ago. I think just by virtue of the fact that he's been a starter for so long and he is a name and he is better than a handful of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, he'll be a starter somewhere. But I have to say that those days seem like that they're limited because he, I I don't believe he's ever going to be the quarterback that he once was when he played with the Seahawks ever. No, I don't think he will be that good, but he can still be a good starting quarterback in the NFL, which is asking a lot these days. Again, it is yeah. all based on the market. And think of how much, how many teams we've seen this year or this past year with bad quarterback play. Like, mm-hmm. I know we love to talk about the good quarterbacks in the NFL, but there's a lot of bad ones too. And they are starting on these NFL teams. So I do think that Russell Wilson will find himself a job. And here's where the rumor came from. Uh, Apparently, it was Chad Ochocinco that said, quote, a little birdie told him Russell Uh. Wilson will join the Steelers. So this is us, you know, repeating the rumor. Who knows if it's true, but do you think he would succeed in Pittsburgh? I do think that he could possibly be good there if it's a team that is not relying too heavily on the quarterback. Because look what we saw in Seattle, or not Seattle, in Denver this year. When he is not forced to be the backbone or like, you know, somebody who is really leading the offense and really throwing in a lot, he can be successful. Like they were super conservative with him this year. And I think he had statistically a pretty good season. Like the yards weren't great, but the touchdown to interception ratio was much better this season. So do we think Pittsburgh is a good fit? Maybe. You know how I like better? For Pittsburgh, honestly, is Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields with the Steelers or the Falcons would be a much better fit because he has some weapons around him, particularly in Atlanta. But also, I think he still has a ceiling. I don't think he's hit the ceiling yet. He's slowly gotten better. It's been three years, but also he's played on some bad Bears teams. So I actually like Justin Fields better just because of the potential, whereas I feel like with Russell Wilson, he just kind of topped out. Yeah, I'm wondering what he is owed because that's the other thing. Everything is always price dependent, you know, because you're looking at Russell Wilson in the wind and you're like, okay, what's the price tag? Uh, Are the Broncos going to be paying a salary? Because we know he was on a monster deal. So that's the thing. If you can get a steal on Russell Wilson, that's one thing. But not all these quarterbacks are priced the same. Yes. No, you're right about that. You could get a better deal, I feel like. With Justin Fields. And speaking of good deals, no one has gotten better deals over the course of his career than Kirk Cousins. How much has he made in the NFL? Like $3 billion. I mean, my God, it was franchise tag, franchise tag, franchise tag here in D.C. And then he goes to Minnesota, signs a monster deal. So now he's still with the Vikings, but they have not come to an agreement with Kirk Cousins. He's going to be 36 in the fall. He's coming off an Achilles injury in 2023 so is is he still worth signing if you're the vikings or do you say it's been a good run we never really got as far as we wanted to get you've had some great seasons but it's time to move forward what in the world do you do with kirk cousins 
I think it's always price dependent. Like that's not the sexy yeah. answer, but a lot of it depends on what other teams are going to be willing to offer him because normally you would say, okay, an Achilles injury, that's a tough one to come back from. Mm-hmm. And it is, but it's not like Kirk cousins is somebody who is fully dependent on his mobility. And before right. he got hurt, he was playing really well, 18 touchdowns, only five picks. And that's the thing. He's going to give you some good numbers. He will give you a mm-hmm. chance to win a lot of games. So I know the running joke on Kirk Cousins is like, ooh, in primetime, he's terrible. Ooh, he uses Cole's cash. But he will be a good quarterback for somebody. <laughs> it's just doing the math and the balancing of the checkbooks mm-hmm. for some of these teams. So he's going to go somewhere. It's just yeah. we'll have to see where. Yeah, I heard someone make the suggestion that for a year or two, you should bring Kirk Cousins back to D.C., because the commanders have a bigger salary cap than anyone else in the NFL. They have $75 million in cap space. And I was like, that is the worst idea I've ever heard. Do not bring Kirk Cousins back. But he's going to go somewhere. And you're right. You can make the jokes about him in prime time. I think really more of the issue with me is Kirk Cousins in the playoffs because he doesn't have a good postseason record in prime time. He's kind of mitigated that criticism a little bit, but ultimately you're getting a a very good starter in the NFL. Like with almost everything else, Chelsea, it comes down to money. But I'll tell you one thing, Kirk has a way of getting a bag. So if there's any guy that's going to be able to do it, it's going to be him. So I am curious to see what the Vikings are going to do. That's a tough spot to be in. Coming up next here on the show, we are still waiting for the NBA to return. But until then, how about we wet our whistle with some college hoops? She is Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. That is coming up next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. It is great to have you with us on a Women of Wakentainment Wednesday. Start there. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back on a Wednesday. The Daily Tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Good morning to you live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the east. I'm Michael Jenkins live in the nation's capital. My partner in crime, Chelsea Messenger, live in Nashville, Tennessee. Chelsea, tomorrow it is vacation time for this guy. I'm counting down two hours, 17 minutes, 35 seconds, 34, 33, 32. I'm almost there. We are headed to St. Martin for a week. I've never been there. The lovely Catherine, this is her place. She's got a whole, I wouldn't say itinerary. I think that's too, that makes it sound like it's too structured. It's not that structured, but she's definitely more of a planner than I am. And you know how I know that we're getting ready to go on a vacation as I walked into our foyer of our little condo building here in D.C., and I see this stack of packages from Amazon. And I was like, well, let me go through these and see if any of those are ours. And I was like, okay, Catherine, Catherine, okay, Catherine, Catherine. I'm like, these are all hers. So I bring them upstairs, which I don't really care. I just thought it was funny. And so there's this massive stack of packages. And so I was telling her this story. She was like, do you think I have a shopping problem? I was like, no, I don't. I just think it's funny that you want to make sure we're prepared for everything. And we will be. 
I got my sun shirts. We got sunscreen. We got the little mini containers of shampoo, of hairspray, anything that we need. We will be completely ready to go. So I'm excited, but I'm not too much of a planner. I, I definitely... I definitely have the things that I need, but I don't go overboard. When you get ready for a trip and you just got finished with one, going to Disney World, do you plan everything? I know some people and they have everything planned down to like the minute. A friend of mine is a huge traveler and he makes an Excel spreadsheet of everything oh they're going God. to do. Yeah, and I could never, like he's a, he's a big time traveler, he and his wife, and they're awesome. They go everywhere, but they are super meticulous. I am not like that at all. I'm not like that either. Like it is something that I have to work at because going to Disney World, you have to plan some things. But for me, part of the fun of going on vacation is not having to plan and not having to do a Google or Excel spreadsheet, whatever brand it is. I don't know because I don't do that because I'm not a nerd. Uh, But Disney did require some planning. I will say this. I felt like it was less complicated to go to Europe than to go to Disney. Because there's like so huh. much waiting and so many things like, well, you didn't get the Genie Plus. Guess I got to get the Genie Plus. Uh, so I'm somebody who I think by nature, I am not a planner. I think as okay. I have gotten older, I have realized its importance. So I will mm-hmm. do the things that I need to do. Like if there's reservations or some things that you have to book in advance, because you want to do all of the experiences that you came to do. Like we're going to London in April and I want to make sure that we have a proper English tea time. You know, isn't that one of the oh. things that like the English are known for? You want to go get tea. So we're going to go to like a really nice hotel and do like the whole tea experience. But that's something you have to book ahead of time. Other than that, I don't want to go on a trip where everything is booked. I want to be able to have some wiggle room. Like if there's a day where you just don't feel great. Because for the sure. first day of our Disney trip, like I just felt tired. Like it was a long day of travel. It was also raining. Uh, so we didn't do much the first day. So how many activities do you guys have planned out? Because I know you have the boat day. Other than mm-hmm. that, do you have like a ton of like, we have to do this on this certain day? I think there's one island we're going to go to for the afternoon. But outside of that, we we don't have a hardcore schedule. We're going to do that boat day. We have a couple of dinners planned. But also we're staying at a place where we're going to buy some stuff at a local market and just make some stuff and chill and not be going everywhere all the time because it's less of a resort and more of a neighborhood kind of thing. And then we're going to, my friend Chris wants to day drink. He told his wife, I want to go with Jinx and day drink for an afternoon. I'm like, all right, I guess we can do that. Sure. That's not a problem. We can go somewhere and do that. But outside of that, we don't have, we just have a handful of things, which is the way that it's perfect for me, right? Like we have some Mm -hmm. activities to doing this i'm looking forward to doing that if we want to add something sure but we're not really locked into anything the last thing i i want on a vacation which i feel like a lot of people are this way is i don't want to do so many things where i come back and i'm worn out because i'm going on vacation to go on vacation like i'm going to do mostly nothing i'll do some things but i don't want to run around where you know what's the old expression i need a vacation from my vacation and that's what yeah. i want Oh, yeah. Try going to Disney World. That's exactly how I feel. Because here's the funny (laughs) thing. It was also my birthday on Monday. And I thought I was like, oh, well, at night we can go do adult things and we can go to a fancy dinner. That didn't happen because by the end of doing the whole Disney thing, like you don't want to, you know, get all dressed up and go somewhere because you are dead tired and your feet hurt. 
So yeah. like, that's the thing about plans. Like, I think it's fine to have them. Just know that if you need to change them, like you should, like, if you don't feel yes. like doing something, don't do it because it's your vacation. And also you're going to the beach. So like, isn't that one place where like, even if you had no plans at all, I think you would still have a good time. Yes, no doubt about it. Well, Chelsea, what are your plans tonight in college basketball? If I may ask, let's start in the SEC. Number 24, Florida at number 13, Bama. Bama holding on to that half game lead over Tennessee in the SEC. Bama is laying eight and a half and the total is a super high. 173 Oof. and a half in Tuscaloosa. That's a crazy high total in college basketball. What are you going to do here? Yeah, I liked the over until I saw it was 174. I, I didn't realize they made totals that high. Uh, I think this is the highest total that I've looked at so far this season, but for good reason. Alabama at home, man, has their offense been absolutely on fire. Over the course of the season, they're averaging 90 points per game, but at home, 95 points per game for this Alabama home offense. So I think when you look at this number and you say, okay, is eight and a half too high? When you have a team that's scoring that many points, I think that helps. You know, that builds your case yeah. for laying a big number when you know the team can really run up the score. But this line has been moving steadily upwards. I believe last night it was seven and a half. Now it's all the way to eight and a half. And we'll see this in college hoops. And I think it's a good PSA. If you look the night before, you should be tracking these lines and how these move. Because a lot of times you can get the difference between a winning and a losing bet by betting it the night before. But I think I would lean towards Bama here. They've been really good at home overall, 12 and one straight up. And even against the spread, 11 and two ATS when playing at home. Florida's had some good uh, wins or excuse me, some good covers, I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, but I believe that Auburn game was, I didn't know. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. Yeah, they beat Auburn. Uh, but I believe that was a home game. Yeah. So I would ride with Alabama here. I think their offense is just too good. I might even think about, ah, do I want to bet the over? I mean, Alabama is the highest scoring team in the country. They shoot threes at a crazy high volume. But Florida averages 85 points a game. They're one of the few yeah. teams in the country that can hang with Alabama as far as pace of play. Like, they're not going to try mm -hmm. and slow things down. They will be more than happy to run with Bama because both teams like to do that. So – Maybe I lean to the over, but God, 173 and a hook. It's hard for me to justify that despite both teams really liking to push it. Number 12, Illinois, is at Penn State tonight. Illinois is laying seven and a half, a total of 157 and a hook. And I still can't believe, I can't get over the fact that Double D, as much of a Penn State guy as he is, loves Duke basketball instead of Penn State basketball. But here we are. So Chelsea, I think I'm going to go, this is just a pure trends play for me. And I think I'm going to go over the Illini, 13-7 and seven to the <clears> over this season. But they have also hit the over in five straight games. And the Lions sort of meh to the over. They're 8-7, and seven, so they slightly lean to the over at home. Not as strong of a trend as I generally like. But you put everything together, I think over 157 and a hook is the play. But that's also a touch high as well. Yeah, I think when you are looking at Illinois, uh, that's probably the way to go. They've hit the over in five straight games. So their offense has kind of been on a tear or relatively speaking, because it's all based on the number. But if you look at some of their scores, they've been lighting it up. They've had at least 85 points in four of their last five games. So I think the over is certainly a good look. So now the question is, do you want to lay seven and a half 
on the road in the Big Ten? Mm. I think the answer for me no. is no. The Big Ten feels like one of those conferences where you don't really want to lay it that big of a number on the road because as good as Illinois has been, they have not been covering some of these numbers. So even if you don't play Penn State, like I just think for that reason, it's either a stay away or Penn State. Like I don't think it's Illinois for me. Yeah, I agree with you there. I It's too many points in that conference. So it's either over or Penn State and the points in Happy Valley. In the ACC, Duke is down in Miami tonight. The Blue Devils lane just five and a half. Total set at 150 and a hook. I said just five and a half. But maybe that's too many points. What do you think? Uh, this line opened at four and a half, which almost seems sketchy. So, like, a lot of people are on the same train as you saying, okay, why is this line so low? I will take Duke here because Miami has not been good as of late, uh, even from a covering perspective. I haven't covered any of their last two. Lost outright to Boston College. Clemson's a good squad, but they didn't even cover the seven there. So, maybe it's a, a question of the number. But the number seems really low. So, like, what are we missing here? Duke's been a wagon. They've covered in four straight and uh, also four straight up wins in that stretch. Are we missing something? Is this a trap game? It could be. That's the only thing that worries me. When I was trying to handicap this yesterday, I thought, this line seems low. Fishy. It almost sus- mm-hmm. Yeah, fishy. Almost suspiciously low. But – you know, Miami's still without Nigel Pack. And when you look at turnovers here, Duke does a much better job of holding on to the basketball. 33rd in college basketball. Miami is 268. So this is a Canes team that has lost four straight. I'm going to go with the money here and be on Duke. In the SEC, number 17, Kentucky at LSU. Chelsea, Kentucky, length six and a half, total set at 163 and a hook. We got about a minute here. You got to lean? I don't think so. I don't think I would take Kentucky, though. Kentucky feels like a team that you can't really trust, especially with some of these big numbers. But lines move in that direction. Opened at five, now six and a half. Maybe that's the right way, but I don't know if I can trust this team on the road. The numbers disagree with with me, though. They are five and two against the spread away. Just feels like one of those blue chip programs that you're never getting a bargain on. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Kentucky, Carolina, Duke. Mm -hmm. Kansas. And listen, it's a credit to how long they have dominated the sport. They are blue bloods for a reason, but you never really find value on those guys because everybody loves to bet on them. Coming up next year on the show, what in the world are we going to do with NBA All-Star Weekend? Let 500 total points be scored. We're going to debate when we play Read and React. It is a daily tip for you out. Presented by BetMGM. Hour two's next. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.